0: The Real Money Show, a full hour of information you need on gold and silver bullion, and natural fancy colored diamonds in studio today. We've got Darren Long. Hi, Darren and Jeremy. Hi, fellows. We are set to go. Uh, as we always do, we start off with the phone number one eight seven seven two one four seventeen eleven 214 1711 for investing and the website guildhallwealth.com. Go to iTunes to catch previous shows, get more information, more information uh, right there. Darren, uh, the week that was the market update. What's happening?
1: Listen, John, great week. Again, with respect to buyers coming into the market, couldn't be happier. We stayed in a price range. It was a really respectable week. Uh, gold is up about one percent week over week. It's trading right now as we're taping the show on Thursday, on Friday, at about twelve ninety an ounce, and silver at about twenty dollars and eighty five cents an ounce, slightly off about by fifty cents or so, but nothing major. Uh, not a really big difference at all. It was a, a good week. There was uh, certainly a lot happening in the markets. We've got a lot to talk about in the show today. But we want to make certain that people understand the importance of uh, owning these two assets, gold and silver. For, for far too long, we have relied on uh, misleading financial statements. We have relied on misleading uh, analysts that have given us the wrong information. And the economy that we're dealing with right now requires uh, diversity. It requires you to be on top of your portfolio and to understand the assets you're owning. Gold and silver are only one part of it, but they are a big part, in my opinion, and they have a role to play moving forward. Now, that being said, good week overall, but we are looking at the week ahead and some news that's coming out.
0: Uh, we caught a little of uh, Jenny Yellen hearing this week. It uh, looks like Ben Bernanke is going to be uh, taking that uh, that package, He's taking retirement. Is uh, is this good, bullish for gold or silver?
1: Well, for us, it's bullish, totally, Correct. for both metals. She will be the new Fed chairman come January 2014. Yellen right now is the head of the San Francisco Fed, and there's a lot of misinformation about her on the, on the web out there. But the, the fact of the matter is that she is a career academic, She has absolutely zero banking experience or business experience. And again, it's been about, well, we haven't had somebody with business experience, pure applied business experience since Paul Volcker leading the Fed uh, almost between, I think it was almost 50 years ago now. But this puts her in the same boat as Greenspan and Bernanke. And uh, as I said, Paul Volcker, the only one being um, the last Fed you know, chair to have any experience whatsoever with business. Now, with that in mind, it's important to note that Yellen has been one of the biggest proponents of quantitative easing as a monetary policy. In 2011, she stated that QE1 and QE2 would create a total of Uh, a million new jobs by the end of 2012. Suffice it to say, the woman does not understand monetary policy or economics as they pertain to the real world. So uh, she's going to inherit this U.S. dollar crisis and all of this economic troublesome uh, out there, and she's going to probably uh, prepare to continue to spend.
2: Clearly, she wants to continue with the one tool that they have in the shed, which is quantitative easing. Uh, she's going to take over that policy and and keep doing the same thing what we're seeing right now in the markets is that more and more um, professionals in the market hedge fund uh, people uh, anyone anyone who has any experience in the markets are coming on tv they're coming into articles and they're all saying it's pretty clear qe is not working in fact uh, andrew Huzar. Uh, who was working with the Fed came out has become a whistleblower and an apologist, um, saying that it was the it was the greatest backdoor Wall Street bailout of all time, and then he's referring to quantitative easing, and so even he is now claiming publicly that it doesn't work and that ultimately all it's doing is fueling a massive bubble in the stock market. So any any reference any threat of of tapering is is just Taper talk—that's all it is. They have no choice but to continue to do it because the last time they threatened to taper, the market got major jitters and came and pulled off a lot. So um, this do- this doesn't end well, and this is why if you're if you've been taking advantage of the stock market, great time to get out. If you've been sitting on the sidelines, this bubble is going to burst. Look for quality assets like gold and silver and if you want to find out about this whistleblower uh, we do have that article in our precious metal advisor mm-hmm. uh the number
0: by the way one eight seven seven two one four seventeen eleven. 877 investing at guildhallwealth.com let me just ask you this darren before uh, before you move on why has it been 50 years since we get so they get someone in there who's actually got some some financial you know knowledge why are they getting these people like bernanke and greenspan and now Yellow? why
1: well, a lot of it has to do with political pressure. I mean, it certainly has to do with the people who are running the government and running the Fed uh, and the other Fed chairman. But I would suspect that it's it's because they can control and manipulate these people very easily. I think that uh, you know, and many analysts agree that Yellen is an, another example of somebody who's just basically going to become a puppet. Mm-hmm. To, to the big corporations, the big companies. And I think it's in their best interest that they keep uh, the Fed uh, role uh, somewhat theoretical as opposed to practical, uh, because if you got somebody in there with business expense, what's the first thing you'd do? He'd shut the business down because he knows <laughs> yeah, it's broken. Right. It's, it's, a, yeah. it's been battered to hell, and I mean, there's nothing left of it. And I mean, if you look at the U.S. dollar, believe it or not, most people may be looking, let's say, for example, I've been thinking about buying gold, silver for a while, my human nature is going to dictate that I'm going to wait until I see the price move up higher. I mean, nine times out of 10, that happens. We always sell more product when the price goes a lot higher. And uh, that has been happening since we opened up our doors. But somebody who's been waiting to invest has been reading headlines and they've been misled. And if only I read headlines and nothing more, as I wrote this week in the Precious Mills Advisor, you get a whole bunch of misinformation, which probably leads me to think that gold and silver in the short term is not going to do anything, you know, and in fact might even drop. But the reality is what happened last month, in fact, in October, was that the US dollar, the index uh, of the US dollar, which is the dollar tested against the basket of other currencies, And that particular index broke a very key support level. And again, it looks to be resuming or sure enough shortly to be resuming a downtrend in in its progression. So again, this has been happening. It's a trend. We've been losing value in the U.S. dollar and the U.S. purchasing power has been dropping hand over fist. Listen, the, the fact is, John, that people have not changed their lifestyle one iota people still go out and buy all of the big screen TVs, the extra cars, Uh, you know, they want to have all those things. The only difference between now and 30 or 40 years ago is that everything we do now... Uh, is is on credit versus 30, 40 years ago where we only bought what we could afford. So when you look at the the, the atmosphere, the economic uh, reality, it's in the best interest of those people pushing the paper uh, to tell everyone that the stock market is improving, that the economic conditions are improving. Because if they don't, then their house of cards fall because nobody will buy their credit or take their debt. And that becomes a huge problem for them. So, I mean, you got to look at it from the big picture. A lower dollar also means, and we Saw this last week. We announced it on the show. The ECB dropped their interest rates by a quarter point, down to 0.25 to borrow. Mm-hmm. Uh, their Their open their open window borrowing is 025 percent. It's nothing. It's literally free. And they did that, I would assume, uh, because they want to stimulate dollar uh, buying in their uh, euro zone and they want to combat the idea that they're going to get more qu- quantitative easing here in the US because a lower US dollar means a higher euro and they don't want that. And I mean, if you look at the ECB, there's another case in point. Europe's not in good shape, man. I mean, anyone who... Uh, believe they were should should be disabused of this notion because they are not uh, they are
2: not looking like they 're going to be able to get down the road much further either and 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 again, all of the experts and everyday people we see it every day we 're starting to get very informed buyers saying something is rotten in the state of denmark we 're mm-hmm. just not i, I don 't understand it that's that 's the key word i don 't get it because what 's happening right now is completely defying logic. And when you look around the globe and you see that gold and silver is being bat- uh, battered down on a daily basis, yet on the other side of that trade, China, India, Germany, Russia are all vying to buy it every time it, it drops a little bit. And everyone is making trade agreements to, to circumvent the U.S. dollar. and it, I'm reading articles this week where they're saying China could pull the plug on the US whenever it wants. It's got trillions in reserves it can send back to the US and and basically tank the currency. Wow. They could switch over to a gold a gold standard or some sort of backing of the currency to gold anytime they want and they and they're making these strides to to have these trade agreements. So it seems inevitable that the US dollar is slated for a downward trend that gold and silver will move much much higher. It's just that if you're going to follow the price on a day-to-day, you're not going to learn anything. You need to get educated about it, and it's really going to bring a lot of logic back into the market. So we see a lot of people moving into the markets that are using their heads, not going with the emotion of, I'm going to jump in when it's moving.
1: I mean, take take a look at your portfolio. Mm-hmm. Take a look at what the losers are, what the winners are. If over the long term you've done due diligence mm-hmm. and you know as a Canadian investor where your money is, which is very few of us, then keep the good money where it is take the bad money and put it somewhere else and that's basically what you have to do.
0: Let's bring it back local then if you're looking you you're you're going beyond the headlines like you say Darren how much should someone start with for gold or silver they're going to invest?
1: Well again with respect to uh, our accounts very simple number one Physical, physical, physical. We sell bullion in the physical form, whether you buy it and take it home, whether you use our depository to store it, which is safe and secure and it's a very smart way to invest, or whether you want to collaterally finance the product, take it a step further and get some leverage, all of those methods are physical bullion 100%. What we recommend for investors is to start looking at at a very small amount within the portfolio, 10% to 15%. And then if you're seasoned, you've bought a bit of bullion before, maybe move towards 20%, and at the very high end, 25%, nothing more. That would be our recommendation. And when it comes to buying gold and silver, we keep it very simple. The minimums are simple, 10 ounces of, of gold if you're going to come into the market, whether it's taking it home, whether it's putting in a depository, whether it's collaterally financing, it's the same for gold. On silver, 250 ounces if you're going to collaterally finance it, and we'll talk about that in a minute, yep. or 100 ounces if you're going to take the product home with you or put it into the depository. And in the second segment, we'll go into that a little bit further about how to collaterally finance and what it means to have a depository account.
2: One eight seven seven two one four seventeen eleven at Guildhallwealth dot com. Yeah, I think it's. I I really think that starting with a percentage is is a good place to start, um, in my opinion. Simply because if you look at how silver and gold have become have been a great hedge in anyone's portfolio over the last thirteen years, it just perfectly makes sense. I mean, if you were buying silver in nineteen ninety nine or two thousand when the Dow was. At a high, and the ratio between gold and silver was at a peak, uh, looking at 44 to 1, give or take. Uh, you could have purchased basically 20,000 ounces of silver with $100,000. So if you had a million dollar portfolio, you were purchasing 10% mm-hmm. and buying 20,000 ounces of silver. So today, that 20,000 ounces at even a price of $21 is worth 420000 over that 13-year period, you've clearly hedged yourself quite well against the decline in 08 and the, and the subsequent rise. So this gain in purchasing power in gold and silver is pretty obvious over the long term. It's quality assets. These things don't go to zero. Uh, they're not subject to the U.S. dollar. And clearly that, that's just magic happening in, in front of our eyes, just big sleight of hand. So move into some quality assets.
1: And look out, this week's news is very, very important. Moody's, one of the largest rating agencies in the world, Mm -hmm. has just downgraded four of America's largest banks, including J.P. Morgan and Goldman Sachs. So again, this is news. You can go find it yourself. This is part of due diligence. You should be looking into this. These types of situations serve as launch points for uh, commodities, especially gold and silver and other types of investments that are anti-US dollar. And again, this is the type of news that can push markets higher, especially in short-term speculation, which could put fire under this marketplace. And again, these are the types of things that we look for as professionals in this particular industry and we share with our investors when they come to us.
0: We'll take a short break and when we come back, big story this week about storage in China, about gold and silver. We'll have the email question of the week if you want to ask one, investing at guildhallwealth.com. And what it would cost to buy some gold and silver right now and inflation as well. One eight seven seven two one four seventeen eleven and guildhallwealth.com. The Real Money Show continues. The Real Money Show, the number to call. Start investing easy, One eight seven seven two one four seventeen eleven 877 214 1711 and guildhallwealth.com. Guys, we have a big story this week. We left off uh, our first seminar break about storage in, gold, in China for gold and silver.
1: Yeah, it's a big story. We, mm-hmm. uh, we talked about it in the Press Mills Advisor, the idea that for every buyer there's a seller, every winner there's a loser, and Paul talks about for everybody's fortune there's a misfortune. And what people don't understand nowadays is that Sometimes we look at a market, we read the headlines and we think, hey, that market must be falling apart at this point, you know, or we think that "Oh, it's another day of uh, downside pricing or consolidation and this market isn't for us. Once we thought we were going to invest, we no longer think we're going to. But the truth is, This article that we have here this week speaks volumes about what is happening in a different part of the world and their opinion about bullion. And in China, they've opened the largest private gold vault, which now at today's price has a capacity for about $82 billion worth of precious metals. Now keep in mind, China is on a buying spree. They've just bought JPM's landmark, former downtown Manhattan headquarters. It was once obviously the stomping grounds of David Rockefeller. And the current location of the firm's massive and arguably largest in the world, Gold Vault, which, uh, again, this this article is from Zero Hedge, First Demonstrate, is located just next to the Gold Vault of none other than the New York Fed. So they've got huge storage capacity now. They are moving to hold it. You don't do that unless you expect the prices to go higher, unless you expect a whole lot of people to be buying up that resource and there be a need to store that resource.
2: Not only that, but that uh, the fact that J.P. Morgan sold this massive empty vault is also an indication. Uh, when you read between the lines, that they don't have a lot of bullion left. We're seeing the COMEX being depleted on a daily basis, seeing the LBMA being depleted. So clearly, there's there is this move from physical bullion from east from uh, from west to east, and uh, this is again a big indication of for every buyer, there's a seller, and for every winner, there's a loser. Ultimately, understanding the fundamentals in in bullion is what's going to make you uh, an educated investor, take out that emotion of waiting for the market to rise, because if you do wait for the market to rise, you're going to miss a big, big chunk of money being made and protected. Any idea? I mean, you—you've you, probably never been there, but
0: just to give a ballpark as far as measurements, how big of a vault are we talking here? Is it the size of a, a hotel or the size of a small storage space?
1: Well, like- this would be this would be uh, similar to. Uh, If you've ever been into a larger American bank, the old school banks are big buildings where you walk in and there's multiple half dozen or a dozen tellers and it's a long stretched marbled walk floor. They have the big one wall vault. Mm -hmm. It would be a room probably about four times the size of that. Wow. It would be be able to fit somewhere in the neighborhood of around 2,000 metric tons of of product. Uh, This would all be skidded and it would be shelving. But if you've been to the Mint, Perhaps you've seen their storage facility. It's fairly large, the Canadian Mint. That would give you some some insight on that. But if if it was China alone that was doing this, it would be an interesting story nonetheless. But if it was only China, we might say, hey, well, it's just one country. But the fact is... We work with a company that uh, helps us to deliver product around the world called Melka Meat. They just opened up a vault in China, also another one, and they're increasing their storage facilities around the world. Big name in the storage facility uh, section. But again, if you look at it, this is this is not surprising at all. This is the Chinese bastion of capitalism. I mean, it's happening
2: there like it is anywhere else in the world, and it's uh, it's incredible. And they're the biggest debtor to the U.S. They're the ones buying all the bonds, which they've stopped doing they're buying all, all the all the bullion at this point because they're hedging against that, that eventual collapse in the U.S. dollar. Scary. There's no yep. – listen, maybe the everyday Joe on the street doesn't want to look at the monetary policy. But the monetary policy in the U.S. is create money out of nothing huh. that has no value. And every central bank around the world knows it. They're either a part of it and can take advantage as long as they possibly can until the party ends – Or they're going to get on the other side of that trade, which is we're going to hedge ourselves against that eventual collapse. Now, is it going to happen tomorrow, the next day, a week, a month, a year? We don't know but you cannot keep creating money out of thin air and pulling the wool over people's eyes while none of it trickles down. It's only going to the to the very wealthy. It's only going into the stock market. And ask anyone who's invested in the U.S. stock market, not a lot of people. So as employment goes down or unemployment c- continues to rise, the situation in the U.S. Does, continues to decline, You can people are starting to wake up to the logic. But we feel the longer this goes on like this, the more it's going to snap the quicker it will move up and the quicker things will, will uh, unfold so you want to be well ahead of that curve clearly china and other central banks are getting well ahead of that curve One eight seven seven two one four seventeen eleven 877 214 1711
0: guildhallwealth.com to start investing what are the is there, is there account minimums with guildhall how does that work
2: well for for one of our investments which is financing um it would be 250 ounces of silver sure. and it basically at today's price you're getting in for less than four thousand dollars Canadian. So, if you're looking to take advantage of this market, that would definitely be one place to look without having to outlay um, a lot of funds. Of course, there, there's also the depository where we're offering secure storage, and I think that's really a, a good place to put uh, your bullion as well. We just had um, uh, a client of ours talk to us about um, about uh, certificates, and uh, he mentioned that uh, he tried to cash in his certificates and the bank said well we can't cash you in we can give you the cash and you can buy your bullion so that's that's very interesting um that that this is what it's coming down to clearly the bank already has the bullion and they're willing to but they don't want to just cash it they want you to pay for it which means you're losing you're losing uh, margin on that that doesn't even sound legal why why would they do that why can't he it's
0: just It's totally legal point?
1: The banks are allowed to sell certificates they don't have to be backed by product they claim to be backed by product but we don't know for certain there's no way i mean unlike the banks Firms like ours are subject to audit. I mean, we get our product and we get it audited and we pass that along to our clients. They know it's there. They go to see it. They touch it. It can be serialized in the vaults. But when Jeremy was talking about collateralized financing, it's important to point out that this is just one way that you can invest in this marketplace. And we we would like everybody to take a look and see what they can fit into their portfolio. It's a smart way, but it's only one way. And again, it's the concept of other people's money. Yes, I may be able to buy $10,000 worth of bullion, but... If I only put up thirty percent of the value, I still own and control that same two hundred and fifty ounces of of product. Let's say, for example, but I don't instead uh, I don't instead have to pay for the whole kit and caboodle. Maybe I lay out two or three or four thousand of it, and then I go uh, and I own that investment and I benefit from the gains, but I only put out a minimal amount to do it. Now, that being said, that's one approach you can take. The other is to just have a depository account. You can pick up 100-ounce bars of silver, very simple, very convenient 6.5-pound bars, and you can put them into your account. You can come and go as you like, buy and sell as you like, add to that maybe some gold. Again, you can add maybe a 1-ounce bar of gold once you've met the minimum. And, of course, you can increase that over time and before you know it, if adding by a month to month to month basis you're probably going to have a very nice little portion of uh, great insurance for your wealth, and that's
2: one of the ways people do add bullion to their portfolio and and getting back to this anecdote about about the uh, certificates look it it it's most likely a case of the bank not really knowing whoever the teller was or whoever our client spoke to, not knowing what what they were doing in the bullion market. I mean, banks are offering it, but they're really just trying to offer some way for you to get exposure to that market without actually focusing on it. Clearly, many of the the banks are not experts in in bullion and don't really have anything to gain for being in that market. So by buying bullion in a depository that Guildhall offers, you are getting that expert um, management along with it where people actually are engaged in that market. One eight seven seven two one
0: four seventeen eleven Guildhallwealth dot com, and also on that website you can sign up for the Precious Metals Advisor. You talk about this all the time. What is it, and why is it an invaluable tool for clients or potential clients?
1: Well, the Precious Metals Advisor is our weekly uh, newsletter that goes out via email to thousands of people across the world. And uh, we have been doing this since about 2005. It's an invaluable package of information. It includes articles of the week, which we are uh, constantly putting together for our clientele. It includes a diamond of the week, typically something that we have that we believe is really, truly good value. Of course, it includes a chart of the week, and then, of course, we also put in uh, the weekly updates on the market and a piece of writing, which I usually do, which is part and parcel with the Prush Mills Advisor. Now, this is given to our clients and to potential clients on a trial basis uh, for a year at a time, 12 months, and if they make the decision to become a client, it's theirs forever. Again, I believe that this is something that's invaluable to have in terms of staying up to date on the information and its value. It's, it's completely packed full of great information. And this week is a perfect example. We were talking about the concept of how there is a buyer for every seller. There is a a, a winner and a loser. And again, I understand that two years of sideway motion in gold and silver can test uh, the most patient of investors, but I think that when it comes to gold and silver, what the people don't know about gold and silver could really hurt them. And one thing we talked about was the demand that's going on over in Asia. You see predominantly a lot of the investment that's occurred here in the West has been paper investment. It's I've gone and bought an ETF or I bought uh, a stock of some sort. I've invested in what I think is gold and silver, but is just paper. So it's leveraged itself up uh, dramatically. And at one point, uh, many analysts said as much in the gold market as uh, 100 to 1, meaning for every one ounce of physical, there was 100 ounces of, of gold on paper. And now the effects of deleveraging, where people are selling off their paper instruments, uh, mean that uh, uh, countries like uh, China and others like them, Thailand and uh, various other uh, European countries, they're taking advantage of that deleveraging and they're converting that paper into physical and having it shipped over there.
2: So clearly what you're seeing is there's there's a market that's defying logic and people have a choice whether to go along with the defying logic or to use logic and hedge against it and be prepared for every bubble has bursted. You've seen the tech bubble, you saw the subprime, many experts and analysts are calling this current bubble that's happening in the US worse than subprime. So we really have to think defensively and what we're looking at is uh, again starting with about 10 to 15 percent of your portfolio moving into some physical bullion. And I think the the gains to be had, the opportunity, is is, is huge. Silver, just to move up to $40 an ounce, which we've clearly seen and, and any expert in this market says that's inevitable. You're looking to double your money, and that could happen within six months, twelve months, a year, two years. It's an incredible opportunity to to not look at. And you know, so many times you've mentioned before yourself, Paul and Darren, that the uses
0: of silver is really everywhere. I think you mentioned one time it's even in wallpaper somewhere. Yeah, you know what? Bizarre, it's it's right?
1: incredible to to uh, to get into that discussion because we look at silver from a historic perspective and think, hey, jewelry. We think silverware, we think coins. Uh, Photography is another area that people uh, were once more familiar with, but certainly with the advent of uh, digital photography, that's gone a little bit by the wayside. However, fast forward to 2013, and silver is in so many things. I mean, it's in iPads, iPods, it's in computers, it's in cars, it's in clothing, it's in uh, washers and dryers. I mean, it's amazing. Yeah, digital, much, yeah.
2: digital cameras. All electronics, right, pretty much. Athletic wear to right. bacteria. So many medical usages all the time because it absorbs bacteria. You know that that uh, saying "born with a silver spoon in your mouth" that's mm-hmm. because it literally absorbs bacteria, so it's used in so many medical usages for bandages, and you're starting to see it in in soaps and toothbrushes and things like that. So, uh, lent, uh, transition lenses it's it's really a modern uh, modern element that that's used all over the place, and even blocking Wi-Fi and wallpaper. So, uh, so many <laughs> that's usages, bizarre. yeah, so many usages. Uh, I saw another one for cloaking against. Um, against uh, radar really so, yeah unbelievable things that can be used in it's like the wd-40 of buoyant you yeah. use it for you know everything you know what i mean solar power that's batteries water purification
0: we'll take a short break the number to call you want to start investing which would be uh sage advice one eight seven seven two one four seventeen eleven 877 guildhallwealth.com we'll take a short break when you come back one of our favorite times of the show that's when we get into natural fancy colored diamonds the real money show right here continues the Real Money Show, right here. One eight seven seven two one four seventeen eleven. 214 dot guildhallwealth.com, to start investing in gold and silver bullion, and this part natural, fancy colored diamonds. I got uh, an article. I want to quote a, a little piece from a Jeremy. Uh, Jeremy, and read it to you. you. Ready for this? I'm ready. The bidding lasted about five minutes before the strike of the gavel, followed by cheers
2: and applause. Yeah, that was uh, luckily Isaac Wolf, which is a New York based diamond cutter bought a 59 carat vivid <laughs> pink internally flawless blasted through records they were expecting 60 million a little plus and it sold for 83 million in 5 minutes so this person obviously knew what they were going after and this is uh, another example in a long line of examples of how colored diamonds are really coming to the forefront and their value continues to increase, and people continue to pay much more over the, the going rate to have these diamonds. And this, this, uh, this news piece was picked up not only by Bloomberg and, and BBC and The Star, but every major newspaper. And it was really interesting. I was driving home, and I caught a bit on the BBC. They had the business reporter on there, and they were comparing it to the art market. Because along with this diamond and, and another diamond, which we'll talk about in a moment, there was a, a very famous uh, Francis Bacon painting that was sold. Um, and uh, that sold for in the hundreds of millions. But they were saying, is the diamond market uh, catching up to the, to the painting market? Because people are willing to pay hundreds of millions for, for famous paintings. She said, absolutely. And it, she does not see a ceiling for this market. So she's echoing what we've said. That clearly, there's no ceiling to this market because there's a very, very much a, a limit to how many of these type of diamonds are out there. Now, what's interesting about this particular pink is we often talk about the fact that pinks aren't typically internally flawless and they're typically not vivid. Uh, the reason these ones tend to be is because they're so massive. They're so big to begin with. I think this diamond was originally over a hundred carats. That. To cut it down to that size, you can you can actually make it a vivid and actually make it into uh, internally flawless. And it was
0: eighty million dollars. And it was
2: $80 million, $20 million over over what they were looking at. The U.S. Uh, in U.S. US. I the mean, you, uh, put,
0: you put that into perspective. I mean, within five minutes, you're holding a single gemstone that will buy the top three floors of the Pierre Hotel Central yeah. Park South, New York. Absolutely it's insane. Not Being only completely insane. Yeah,
2: and, and beyond the fact that they renamed it, um, obviously that diamond the 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 now owner of that diamond all he has to do is sit and wait because they can put that into auction a couple years from now oh yeah. and most likely it it again it will break it'll break records people are not buying these because it's fun and not paying Twenty million over the, wow. the the initial price within five minutes because it's fun and just let's Something go spend money. Right. Yeah, they're not getting money directly from the Fed. Um, I imagine it, <laughs> I imagine there were probably a few investors involved in this, but they're buying it because the, these are these these type of diamonds are, are making for great investments. The other diamond was an orange diamond of uh, VS clarity, pear shaped, uh, fourteen carats. Estimated to sell for about 20 million, and that sold for uh, 36 million.
0: Well, this is going to raise the entire game in all colored diamonds. It right? does. And in addition right? to
1: that, we had the Argyle. Uh, tender auction which was just completed at the end of October or at the beginning of October and of course the prices there reached record highs also and we have been relaying this data to our potential clients and clients that are uh, owners of pink diamonds as well as thinking of buying pink diamonds and again these prices don't just serve to uh, reflect new pricing in the pink diamond market this drags up all prices of colored diamonds because as you know these are markets which are very sensitive because of their rarity and again even if you look at a yellow a vivid uh diamond one carat plus the prices for those diamonds have in some cases gone up every single bit as much as a pink diamond over the last year and it's amazing to see that the wealthy have been on a buying spree and have known this for some time now and now the average person through Guildhall diamonds has the ability to own a diamond and appreciate and see that appreciation
0: You've got to get entry level. You have to do it. Start you have now, to get in. Right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah,
2: and and the entry level, uh, in many cases, just like real estate, just keeps moving up. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, you know, looking at someone putting in over fifty million dollars into a diamond, they're happy to put that money away. You know, liquidity, uh, being what it is, they're not concerned about that. They're concerned about knowing that that. That money in that diamond, that concentrated wealth, is literally money in the bank. And we've we've gone to our our dealers many a time where they've shown us beautiful diamonds that that, okay, maybe not as that as big as that, but that the minute they sell it, they they feel naked. W- what are they right. going to do with the money when they sell it? So so they do tend to to price those type of particular diamonds a little higher. Uh, and diamond market is a, an unmanipulated market. It, it is. What the the market is willing to bear for these prices, and we see it year in year out with the with the Argyle tender, which sure that's ninety percent of the world's pinks, but you're only talking about fifty sixty of of the best pinks available. And the market year in year out, people are willing to spend thirty percent plus more than they did last year to get their hands on those diamonds. That trickles down to the rest of the market. But when it comes to buying diamonds, not every diamond is created equal. Not every diamond is a an auction record-breaking type of diamond. You really need to be looking for quality. Um, and that's something that Guildhall works very closely with its clients and its dealers to make sure that everyone is getting.
0: one 877 You 1711 know, guildhallwealth.com. I don't know anybody who can afford an $80 million diamond. I'm sure you guys don't know directly somebody, but it, it's... You got to understand, though, with the trickle-down effect, I mean, it's we're not talking necessarily guys like the Saudi Prince or Warren Buffett. I mean, Jerry Seinfeld could afford an $80 million diamond if he wanted to. And these guys are getting a beat on this stuff, and they're buying it, right, because everyone's learning the value of it. It's a huge price to pay, but there's a lot of people who could afford that diamond. There's a lot of baseball players that could afford that diamond. And it's a finite amount of supply, right? And it's trickling yeah. down into the yellows and the smaller diamonds that we can afford. Right?
2: And, and let's not forget that we're comp- that that happened in New York, right. and it just so happened to go to a, a New York buyer. Uh, sorry, no, it didn't happen. It did happen at Sotheby's, but it was to a New York buyer. But we're competing against Asia and 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 uh, the Middle East. Mm-hmm all around the world and the populations growing and it's not as though these diamonds are coming to market in a flash flood most of the Kimberlite pipes have have already been explored and uh, exhausted exhausted and even if you look at the Argyle mine again producing close right yeah if you look at the Argyle mine they've already done the open pit mining they're going deep deep down now the deeper you go the smaller the diamonds the less there are of them so there is a supply um, limit and the demand just keeps growing because clearly just beyond being beautiful there is that rarity factor and i think that's really appealing to a lot of people so the way most people start in this in, in this type of market is you need to gain some knowledge it's very new to a lot of people so you have to start gaining some knowledge like i said earlier there's a difference between just a colored diamond and what's known as an investment grade colored right. diamond so it really starts with you know you can ask us for our our buy gu- our buying guide for colored diamonds also, you can book an appointment to to have a one-on-one consultation to view uh, some diamonds in your price range as well as learn as much as you can. Um, the other things that you want to look at, I'm not trying to take up too much time here, uh, Darren's got some things to say, but um, it's very important that you go with a, a diamond company that is a member of the NCDIA. It's a, it's a, a small self-policing community when it mm-hmm. comes to colored diamonds and we look out for our own and being part of the NCDA is a big part of that. Also, having a GIA member on staff is also very important. What that what that means is that a GIA um, someone with a GIA degree knows how to view the diamonds. That that just because it looks good on paper what are the other qualities that they're looking for in the diamond and, and being able to purchase that quality. So it's very important to have that purchaser, uh, that, that other examiner on, on staff to to view the diamonds. Exactly.
0: Right. Uh, if you have an email question, anytime, uh, for the fellows here in the show, simple investing at guildhallwealth.com. I'm going to throw one at you right now. Uh, this week's question from Terrell Sharma, Toronto says, uh, "Why, if colored diamonds are such a great investment, haven't I heard more about it?" Which is what we just spoke about.
1: Right? Well, it is. That's the key, right? I mean, you yeah. don't. When you're looking at investments of this uh, of this nature, one of the things that's prohibited the average person. From getting in is the value of those diamonds, typically when you 're hearing about sotheby 's and and uh, the other auction houses when they 're talking about colored stones they 're talking about stones that are in the millions and millions and millions of dollars. that precludes the average person or go not too many people are going to report that that 's a an investment for the average person. However, that's changing dramatically, and one of the things that's changing is you're getting uh, businesses that are starting to diversify uh, from from doing other things into colored diamonds as well. The unfortunate thing about that is that although we're happy to see that uh, growing because it does mean that we're going to get more demand for colored diamonds, uh, we are also seeing a number of companies that are cropping up that are not bringing real true value to the buyer. And in fact, this week, it's amazing. We had a phone call from a gentleman and uh, one of the competitors, downtown Toronto. They look great. The website looks fantastic. They've got diamond inventory on there. Probably most of it isn't their diamond inventory. They're borrowing it from somebody else. And uh, somebody calls up and says, hey, I went down to this. You're not going to believe what happened. I said, what's that? He said, I went down to this guy, I called him up, made an appointment, and it's a little tiny showroom in his apartment. And I said, what do you mean in his apartment? He's got like an office and then it's an apartment kind of. He's like, no, it's above a store and it's, it's like a com- like a little commercial unit and there's no signage except for a little sign at the front that says what it is. And he's got a whole bunch of diamonds in his apartment.
0: What, are you buying a Glock? Like yeah, that like it was like, thing. you know, like, what, <laughs> you know what, what, I
1: mean? what are you going to do when you want to sell it? I mean, what right. kind of,
2: you know, you're going to, you know, you're not going to get value out of that. But ultimately, there there's, uh, growth comes with with uh, pluses and minuses. and And one of the growths, uh, one of the good things about uh, the growth of this industry is more people are starting to learn about colored diamonds. Mm-hmm. You see a lot of major uh, retail stores starting to to feature colored diamonds as, as part of their uh, collections that they offer. The downside, of course, is that anyone who's purchased a white diamond before has has had the experience of, I kind of know the four Cs. I'm gonna buy this and touch wood. I ended up with something that's gonna keep its value or go up in value. And I think that the the bat the downside of the growing aspect of this is that a lot of people are getting caught off on buying the wrong type of diamonds because they're just they don't know enough. So while you still need to get educated about this market, it's not a brain surgeon type of market to learn. It's very easy. As I said, as I mentioned, you can get our buyer's guide, you can have a one-on-one consultation, um, and we can help educate you in the market. It's We try to educate first before people make their final buying yeah. decision.
0: Yeah. And I think, like you said, with more and more, you know, I don't want to call them second-rate dealers dealing now with colored diamonds, the quality might not be there, so it's going to get tougher to separate the wheat from the chaff. So A company like yours is going to be key because you get the best of the best. It does.
1: And when you go into something like this and you make that purchase, you want to make sure you have expert opinion, expert advice, and expert feedback. And also the liquidity means everything. Jeremy, Jeremy couldn't have said any better. You have to be parked with a firm that's going to be able to sell the diamond for you. It's got to be in Canada because if you got to deal with border crossings and packaging the diamond up and shipping it here and moving it there and then not being, not being able to hold your diamond and worrying about it because it's in the U.S. and you're hoping it gets sold but you don't know... I mean that's ridiculous. So you got to work with somebody who's in Canada, a company that has a trusted name in Canada, and
2: for for us that's that's Guildhall.
0: Anybody with a shred of intelligence doesn't go to Joe's hot car lot to buy a Bentley,
2: right? No, like it, just, it doesn't don't. happen, right? But, but you know the the starting point as well is is learning the type of potential that that exists in this market right. and those auction. Records, um, again, it's not a one-off. This is time and time again Mm -hmm. that this is occurring. So you want to first uh, explore the opportunity, then you can start to learn more about it, and then when you finally feel very comfortable you know you can make your purchase
0: one is the number to start investing in gold and silver boy and fancy color diamonds as well guildhallwealth.com and while you're there sign up for the precious metals advisor free subscription to guildhall's premier market newsletter take a short break and more of the real money show coming up the real money show the number to start investing one 877 214 dot guildhallwealth.com online while you're there Sign up for the Precious Metals Advisor, free subscription to Guildhall's premier market newsletter. Darren, we've talked uh, as far as it's concerned with uh, gold and silver about seasonality this time of year often being a good time to buy. Is that just this year, last year? Is it uh, it a trend over decades?
1: Well, it is. I mean, if you look at the, in particular, the fall season, we would say uh, this time of year represents some of the strongest buying months for gold and silver in the past three and a half decades and I mean, I agree with all my colleagues and the in the analysts that I follow about that. And it's not a development that's just happening. Over the last 10 years, it couldn't be uh, more the truth. We've had really bullish fundamentals. They haven't changed. So I mean, to see the price of gold and silver drop, there can be other reasons why in the short term you see that type of pricing change. Effectively, though, the fundamentals that under uh, that are underneath all of this market have the strongest they've ever been. But weakness in October and November has been followed by gains throughout and of November, December, and right through to March. And we know we needn't look any further than 2008. Um, gold had fallen about 22% uh, by October of 2008. And I would assure you that if I looked back and did a Google search, the headlines would be touting that gold's over, the bull broke, or that uh, it's become bearish, or that you should get out of gold and sell. Uh, silver was even worse. It had dropped by 43% by mm. the end of October Uh, only both of them to see them gain tremendously in the next six, seven months. And I mean, this is the cyclical nature of the market. Typically over the last uh, 30 years or so, we've seen the best buying opportunities present themselves late summer, early fall to mid fall. And that means right now when you're seeing these prices sit stagnant and nobody else really has that appetite for gold and silver, this is the opportunity where if I'm an investor and I'm looking at the long-term picture, I'm pouncing on those prices. And again, if you look from the last time this happened, The <laughs> Not only in 2008 did silver and gold rebound and gain back everything that they lost, but they ventured all the way up within 30 months to 2011, uh, gold reaching a high from a low of 650 all the way to a high of $1,923, and silver from $8.50 to $49.30. So these are metals which are explosive from time to time. They are event-driven markets, and again, if you're buying them now while well, the price is cheap, you're looking as a long-term investor to gain that uh, added advantage of being able to say you did that. Is there
0: Christmas buying?
1: There is some Christmas buying. It tends to be more in coinage and small bar form. I have a lot of clients who just pick up small amounts of metal to share with the family. But this is a perfect example of what you can do. If you're a potential investor or if you're thinking that you'd like to get somebody in your family into gold or silver, I mean, we do have account minimums, but we will always have a little bit of product on hand. So, I mean, you know, there are certain exceptions to every rule. If you think you have a family member who would uh, benefit from having uh, gold or silver in their portfolio, and you've been talking to them and telling them, trying to get them to buy. Sure, get them a, pers- a Christmas gift. It's no better way to get them introduced uh, to the metal to hold on to it to feel feel it and see what it feels like. And again, perfect perfect example of uh, somebody who starts small and maybe uh, ends up buying a really big amount.
2: And ultimately, uh, just getting back to should should you put a toe in the water? Should you get into the market at this time? You know, if you have the if you know the fundamentals, it makes it a lot easier. To take that "quote unquote" leap of faith, if yep. you will, for the fact that right now it's counterintuitive buying. You're, you're the the sentiment is very low, the price is very cheap, but you're looking at a quality asset. So you definitely want to get in on on a quality asset when it is low, before the price takes off. And as Paul's always saying, it's better to be a month early than a day late in this market. The fundamentals are on our side. Um, It's just a matter of time, especially since the sentiment is low. You know, the market's just looking to catch a bid at some point. And it doesn't take many black swan events to push this market up. This market did uh, start a massive climb on the back of QE. QE's been able to taper talk and talk their way out of out of into the markets moving up at this point. But that seems very limited. As, as we mentioned earlier in the show, many experts agree that this market is looking toppy. It's looking like a major bubble uh, that's about to explode, that this party is about to come to an end. And when that happens, you're going to want to have quality assets in your portfolio. So 10% is a great place to start, maybe even go up to 15%. So Definitely look to uh, dip a toe in the water for financing. You can get in for about 3000 Canadian at this Mm -hmm. point, a little over. uh, Or you can look to own uh, your bullion and have it stored, secured, ease of liquidity in the depository as well.
0: Like you've mentioned so many times, I know Paul has, it's it's, getting into precious metals in this regard. It's like buying your house. You're not buying your house to flip it tomorrow. It's a long-term investment. So on that premise, what do you see in the next 24 months?
1: With respect to silver, I would expect silver to reach in the neighborhood of sixty an ounce or higher in the next twenty-four months. Uh, with respect to gold, I would expect uh, gold to hit in the in the neighborhood of about twice what the price is right now, give yeah, or
2: take, in the, that in that range. There was a major gold trader uh, in an interview or in, in an article this week who was who was saying that uh, at some point in two thousand fourteen, he expects that that. Gold will be knocking on its all-time high around 18, 1900 dollars and in that regard, silver always plays catch up with that uh, with the uh, ratio and at a ratio of you know between 35 to 40 to one you're going to be seeing silver north of 50 dollars. So the, the potentials there, I think clearly the market is lulling a lot of people to sleep. That said, we get people every day calling um, and we're really seeing two camps. We're seeing the rational people, and then you're seeing people, uh, with with all due respect, I'm watching the price. And there's very little to learn from watching the price. You've got to <laughs> know the fundamentals. You have to know, are you buying it because you think the U.S. dollar is going up or because you think the market, the U.S. dollar is going down? If you think the U.S. dollar is going to lose value, you need to buy an asset that's going to protect against that. Do you think that there's inflation or deflation? if you think that that the inflation or deflation is going to occur big time whether you think debt bubbles are going to burst or that the fed is going to fuel major inflation which we already see around us darren's going to go do his his christmas his uh, annual shopping shopping for for groceries and see how inflation's going we all know there's inflation gas prices are up groceries are up going to the movies is up Ooh, yeah. buying popcorn at the movies is up so Um, and I didn't go to the movies this week, but I'm sure it has gone up. It's never down. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) It's never down. So if you think that inflation is with us or that it's higher than what uh, the government's saying, then you should really be looking at at gold and silver. If you think that there's going to be a major political fallout because of the monetary policies that are occurring around the world right now, we would like to call that geopolitical unrest, then you really want to be looking at gold and silver. These are the fundamentals driving the market, and we haven't even talked about supply and demand, and especially on all the industrial usages with, with silver. That's just scratching the tip of the iceberg when it comes to fundamentals. Watching the price, what? Are you, how are you going to Quite learn awesome. any of that? Yeah. You can't. So you've got to get... Get the precious metal advisor. There, there's plenty of books now on 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 investing in precious metals. We've got a, a precious uh, investing in precious metals guide, uh, an article that Darren wrote. So there's lots of ways to learn about it. Um, it's important to learn about it rather than just watching the price. One eight seven seven
0: two one four seventeen eleven 214 dot com. You know the website. You know the number. Now they've decided to invest. What's the first thing they want to ask when they make that phone call?
1: Well, they want to touch base, and obviously uh, with Jeremy, myself, Paul, or anybody in our office who are all experts at handling uh, customers, and they want to ask, first off, how do I start? And that's simple. You get the paperwork and you review it. You do your due diligence to know what is involved in buying metals, and then you ask the questions. If you already know that you want to invest, and most people do by the time they call our office, Uh, it's very simple to lay it out for a person. Perhaps it starts with budget. What are you looking to spend and how can we uh, give uh, a specific type of product? Maybe they want silver, 60% of it silver, 40% of it gold. But either way, we're going to put that uh, together and we're going to give them a consultation that will uh, take them through every single step of the buying process. We will show them product. They will get to hold product. Very cool. Very cool, absolutely. I mean, there's nothing better than holding a beautiful, beautiful 100-ounce bar of silver that shines like you would not believe. But again, with respect to diamonds, you may want to see a diamond. All of those things will will be accomplished there. And then, of course, we're going to look at what we should put into that portfolio, how much money we should be spending, and which way we might want to invest. Do we want to own it outright? Do I want to take it home and add it to bullion I've already stored at home? Maybe, but that could be you know something that's not very safe. So do I want to open up a, a, a depository account? In which case, let's say I wanted to put twenty or thirty thousand dollars to depository. Let's meet at the depository and let's fill out the paperwork right there at the depository. We'll get your metal in there. You can see it, touch it, uh, and, and see what it looks like in the depository. And if you're really, you know, skeptical about owning physical product, that's the place to start. And then maybe if you're looking for a little bit more of a, a bang for your dollar, you want to leverage it a little bit, you know. And if you want to take that ten or $20,000 and press your luck a bit and you think the market's going to run higher, this is a way you could get into collateralized financing. You could get a lot more happening for your dollar. And, of course, as long as you understand the risks involved, this could be a really, really explosive way to get a good return on investment. In some cases, we have seen with these cyclical trends, John, we have seen the market run 6 $7 in, in a couple of weeks and clients be able to boast that they're walking away with not uh, not 20 or 30% of uh, return on their investment in a very short period of time, but in some cases, 50, 60, and even 100%.
0: Wow.
2: And, you know, irrationality in a market can only last for so long, and all you have to do is look at, look at the bubbles of the past, the recent past, to see how long they last. How long did uh, the tech bubble last? How long did subprime last? Um, you know, these, these bubbles don't last for a very long time, and, you know, some people were calling for the peak of the market with uh, the subprime collapse a year before it actually happened okay sue them for being for being wrong for for 8 months to 10 months eventually they were they were correct because they were looking at fundamentals looking at rational logic in the market and it seems that this can be a, an amazing opportunity to get involved in some precious metals you want to be you want to be first to the party and you also want to look again logically at the fact that china and india laugh lick their lips their 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 You know, rubbing their palms every time the price comes off a little bit, they're happy to buy on the dips. They've got to know something that the rest of, of uh, North America is being shielded from. So clearly, it's not making headlines. I mean, Darren was talking about the downgrade in, in some of these in four major banks in the U.S. That's not making headlines. you got to go beyond that. But we, we're in the fishbowl in North America. The, the rest of the people are out, outside looking in. So they see what, what's going on with QE. They see how irrational it is. And... All these type of parties come to an end. They're called bubbles bursting, need to get a hedge, start looking at the precious metals, and and put in a small portion. Just to close out
1: because I know we're about to end the show, I want to remind everybody this time of year gets very cold for some people. And if you do have an extra buck, uh, go to your local food bank and buy them something, you know, put some food on the shelves because I know everybody could use a warm meal these days and uh, we can certainly divvy
0: up enough money to, to do that more often. And the money does go further than actual products in this case as well, Because yep. right? they get a lot more buying power for their dollar. Uh, if you're not convinced as well, a nice companion piece to some gold and silver bullion is always a uh, fancy colored diamond. Keep that in mind if you're going to give them a call. The number, one eight seven seven two one four seventeen eleven 1711 and guildhallwealth.com. While you're there, sign up for the precious Metals Advisor, free subscription to Guildhall's premier market newsletter. We'll catch you next time right here on The Real Money Show.